Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. So far, I give honor to my amazing wife and our beautiful daughter. I give honor to Pastor and Sister McGee for the work that they do and to all my church family. You've helped to, to shape me. You continue to help shape me. You encourage me. You bless me even if you don't realize it. Just seeing some of you worship and praise helps me when I don't feel like doing it. I am grateful to be a part of this body of Christ. This evening I'm just going to turn and read one scripture at Matthew 25 and 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. My title for this message tonight is Fill Your Piggy Bank. Hopefully it's a a little deeper than the silliness that it seems. <laughs> but, yeah, fill your piggy bank. If you would pray with me and pray for me that I can minister the word that God has for tonight. God, we love you and we praise you, God. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, being able to be in your presence, God. And God, for using me to be able to minister the word, God. Lord, I give you praise and glory, God, because it's all thanks to you. Anoint my mind, anoint my lips, God, to minister the word that you have, God, for this congregation tonight. Anoint our ears, anoint our hearts, God. Let us hear, let us receive your word, God. Let it do the work that you would have it to do, God. And we will not fail to praise you and thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. The piggy bank is not a new thing in history. It's old. Money boxes with slits in the top of them for coins, they can be dated way back to the 2nd century B.C. With uh, the pig-like shape, giving it the name piggy bank, that, that was a little more recently, uh, 800 years ago. It's old. The idea for it is old. And the purpose of what it does hasn't changed either. It's still used to collect and hold money. We're all very acquired, acquainted with how to use one. It's most likely that we all have one of some kind in our home somewhere. Even if you aren't a saver by nature, a piggy bank is still way too convenient to not have because it's a place to put your spare change after you're done shopping and spending your money. Now you got a pocket full of change. you got to do something with it. A piggy bank, a jar, something to hold your loose change. Because loose change is something we are all very, very familiar with. Even if we mostly just use checks, cards, whatever, to pay for our shopping sprees, still somehow we end up with loose change in our cars, in our dressers, in a jar somewhere, in our pants pockets. You pick up a pair of pants off the floor, there's some dirty clothes, take it out of the dryer, there's some uh, more change. It's, it's everywhere. 
although we may not really have a plan on how to use or spend it, we don't really want to just toss it. We don't want to just throw the money away. But because of how little value a little bit of loose change has, it's annoying. It's, just, it's there. It's everywhere. It's like a fly. I mean, it's kind of worth something, but it's, it's there. Especially since it can scatter and be lost so easily. It's in my cup holder in my car. It seems to fill up rather quickly. I try to put a cup in there, and it's just, it wiggles around, but I don't know what else to do with the change. I just, I forget it's there. I don't spend it. It keeps piling up. I'm not throwing it away, and I'm just not taking it out either to put it somewhere else. I, it's there. But loose change, for most of us, is not something we use on a daily basis. It's too bulky when you have a lot of it, and it's not worth enough when you only have a little bit of it. I know every single one of us would rather have just loose dollar bills, fives, twenties laying around instead of spare change. You change those quarters for some tens, that'd be pretty nice. I could do something with that. You know, dollar bills of any size, they have more value than change, and they're easier to store in a wallet. Uh, It's easier to take that with you. But we have loose change, nickels, dimes, pennies. Uh, If you're lucky, you got little golden dollars. At least that's worth a little bit. All coins of little individual value by themselves, even a handful, just it's not worth much. And the best solution for our spare change is to put it in a piggy bank where it could be out of sight, out of mind, but still adding up. And I found, a, found an article, a page on uh, this bank website from greatmidwestbank.com, and I'm going to read through this article. Most of us at some point in our lives have either had or currently have a piggy bank or change jar of some kind. We don't like to throw away money, but we rarely have a use for spare change. So we place it in a jar to save up and keep it stored until enough is saved up to be worth cashing out. A piggy bank has great value, not so much for what it is, but for what it does, and even more so than we normally think about. It's one of the most effective ways for parents to teach their children the value of saving money rather than just spending it. More importantly, the piggy bank is also a good reminder for parents and young adults who may have forgotten the importance of saving. It also teaches us how the little things add up and hold value. And they give four reasons why every person, no matter your age, should be using a piggy bank. Most obvious, a piggy bank helps us organize loose change. When our pockets or whatever get full of random coins, the smart thing to do is put the money somewhere specific like a piggy bank rather than losing it in your couch or car. Even though it is a small amount, it's your money, and a little becomes a lot pretty quickly. Not only will using a piggy bank help clean up your house and car, my car, a piggy bank also reinforces good saving habits. Reason number two, the money in a piggy bank adds up. When it comes to finances, it's always important to set goals and use a piggy bank. Using a piggy bank is a simple way to help you reach those goals. Whether you've got your eye on something fancy like a new dress, or you're trying to save up for a new car, family vacation, or if you're, if you're into it, those giant Lego sets that cost like $200, Adding to a piggy bank will visually show you how close or far away you are from making that purchase. 
using a piggy bank with kids can be, it can be fun too. Ask them what they want to save for so you can help them to set a goal. This is a fun and effective way to teach your children about money and the importance of saving because a child can watch that money pile up and they see the joy in seeing that saving. Like, hey, this is becoming worth something. I'm, I just need $2.50 more and I can go buy that Lego set. Reason number three, saving sets a great example. Piggy banks are a really simple and effective way to teach children and a family about the importance of saving. Let them pick out their own piggy bank, one they can decorate, feel proud about it, they just like. They may not be saving up for anything specific when they start, but encourage them to think about what they may want to buy someday. Be a new toy, new phone, new video game, a uh, new pair of shoes. It's, whatever it is, it's a good time to point out how much these items cost and how much they need to save in order to buy them. To help them better understand it, you can do this at the same time as your child. You can get your own piggy bank. You can start putting back too. This should motivate your child to find ways to earn money to put in their own piggy banks, seeing that you're doing it too. You could even suggest to them to take on some additional chores, to find items they could sell at a rummage sale, uh, or just anything else. Maybe go around the neighborhood to mow lawns encouraging them to help earn to save money. Most importantly, it would be very helpful if you also discovered another source of income. Maybe you could have rummage sales more often. Maybe you could be great at selling things online. Maybe you could help out at a farmer's market. Just, you know, as you're teaching your child these things, it can also be a blessing to you. Just be a good example for your child. Reason number four, the piggy bank reinforces always be saving philosophy. Saving should always be top of mind. As Benjamin Franklin famously said, a penny saved is a penny earned. As you teach your children how to save, it's not a bad idea to show them how to use coupons, how to find discounts, how to be frugal. To reduce the cost of the item for sale, which means they're going to have more money left over. They're not going to see that piggy bank empty as quickly. By using a piggy bank, they're literally able to watch the money grow every time they save it. Then when they're old enough to have a part-time job, they should know that it's a smart idea to put part of their paycheck into a savings account because they grew up with the habit of, let's save this money up for something better than what I can buy with just this one quarter. Maybe 20 quarters, I can buy something better. This is a great habit to keep that they're going to be able to keep throughout their adult life. And contributing to a savings account also prepares them for when an emergency or other unplanned life event occurs because if it can happen, it will happen. <laughs> All the adults say amen. <laughs> There's always, always something that's going to break. But this bank with this article makes a great point for having a piggy bank. And they're reminding us that it isn't something to underestimate or see as a waste of time. And it isn't just for kids. It's for everybody. Although a pocket of change by itself can hardly purchase anything, hundreds of pockets full of change from a decade of saving can help pay for a vacation. I actually used mine to help partially pay for my honeymoon. I was saving for a long time. It added up. I want to add a few cents at a time. 
But over the years, it added up. It's hard to walk by three pennies on the ground and see them as worth the time to pick up. Especially if you got bad knees, you're in a rush to be somewhere, you got an excuse. We're like, yeah, that's uh, kind of muddy. It's just three cents. I'll move on. One moment of just leaving those three cents only shorts me out a potential three cents that I could have had. Three cents. Three cents does nothing. It's just three pennies. But in reality, we are passing by change on the ground thousands of times. Constantly. I'm always seeing a quarter here, a nickel there, dime, penny, something. Usually pennies. But as I'm passing by, I'm missing out on the hundreds of dollars it adds up to. Because I'm failing to see each individual time of just three cents here. It's just a nickel. I'll just walk on by. I'm failing to see those individual moments as all adding up to being something much greater than just the individual moment. I'd even say that some people will find seeing someone picking up that penny, like, wow, that's kind of tacky, kind of cheap or greedy, picking up every penny you see is all you think about is money. You know, because it can be dirty. You know, it doesn't really make for a glamorous image, always picking down, I'll just pick this up, wipe the dirt off that, stick it in my pocket. Especially if you're walking and talking to a friend, you're having a good time, next thing you know, like, Oh, I took 10 steps, and they're just down there wasting time picking up a penny. We can, uh, you can look down on something like that because it's, it's annoying. It may not look good. may not look pretty. Uh, but in the end, we're the ones missing out on the free money that's there for the taking. Even if we don't think little of those picking up a dime out of the mud, we may think that's a smart idea. How many times are still we passing over the change we see on the ground because it's only a couple cents or we're just in a hurry, we just don't feel like it, etc. We miss out on a lot. I do promise I am going somewhere with all this. <laughs> but faith, you know, it's, it's trusting what you don't see, trusting what you have no proof for. Faith is not natural. It's not easy to have. Without seeing the benefits and results immediately, or at least having past experience of seeing it, it's easy to dismiss whatever good idea is presented just because it's not immediately good. There's a reason we have sayings like short-term pain, long-term gain, and trust the process, etc. It's to remind us to have faith in future results that we are working and waiting for. Because not everything worth doing is right in front of your face. You've got to have faith that's there if you just work for it. Because we have a habit of not seeing value in single small moments. Like we don't always see the value in the single three cents lying there on the ground. It's a single small moment. We, we miss the value of it by itself. We, dis, we dismiss it. And how often do we dismiss small moments of faith as not valuable? Because it's a small moment. It could be as simple as... Somebody you're working with may not really be a churchgoer, maybe atheist, maybe anything, just not someone really in church. They could say something good. You may have a small moment, small, and just say, oh, thank God that happened. 
It's a small thing. But how easy it is to dismiss it. Is it any surprise if we find out, knowing that we count visual money, that visual three cents, as not worth the effort, that we are dismissing the value of quick 10-second prayers as we go about our days? A quick just in my mind, oh, Jesus helped them. I have a hard time. That's it. Or just reading a single Bible verse. Or any other small spiritual thing. We find ourselves missing out on loose change faith, so to speak. Because we don't see the value of small things that add up over time. We just see it as, it's just this little thing. It doesn't really matter. Just like we can see spare change add up to the point of being able to buy something big. So too does the little things we do for God add up. It's similar how text messages, they're small things, usually. They're quick, small, easy to send. But if you're texting someone all day, all those little text messages, even if they're several minutes apart, an hour apart, whatever, when you look at the end of the day, you've had a full-blown conversation with this person. Even though you only took 10 seconds here, 5 seconds there, maybe 30 seconds to reply a little bit longer, you took small moments. At the end of the day, you had a conversation with this person. At work, when I'm on break, I'm usually just sitting on a computer just watching YouTube. It's what I do. I'm very introverted. I need my time away from people. I talk to people a lot on the floor. I need to decompress. So I watch YouTube videos. Usually it's about weightlifting. I like to learn things, find motivation. Uh, if I don't know how to do something, someone else out there is going to teach it. So it's where I find it. And there's one man I love to follow. His name is Alan Thrall. He's, he does a... He does strong, man. Not the big ones you're going to see on TV. He's amateur. But he made a video last month after he and his wife had their second baby. He is similar to me in size and age. And he is an amazing teacher for all kinds of lifting, especially the lifting I like. And it took all of one video for me to become a huge fan of him. Absolutely love his content. What I really love about him, he's not afraid to learn something new and go back and correct an old video if he needs to. I respect that. I really, really like it, and I trust his content. A little history on Alan Thrall. He was in the military for several years, and while there, he discovered Strongman. I think it was just a 200-pound atlas stone. That was it. That's, that's what he had. He was bound and determined to pick that thing up. If it killed him, he did finally get it. Right there, he fell in love with it. After he got out of the military, he decided to use his savings to start his own gym and be his own boss while doing what he loved. He didn't like taking orders. He would. He wasn't stupid. He just didn't like being under somebody being told what to do. So he became his own boss. And he almost didn't make it. Starting a business is not easy. It was about five years before he saw any profit. He almost lost everything several times. But he did learn where he went wrong, how to fix it, how to make it right, how to be patient, consistent. He learned. And now he owns a growing strongman powerlifting gym in California, as well as being a personal trainer and making videos on YouTube to help people like me learn this stuff. And recently he put out a video updating his views on what he's currently doing after the birth of his second child. And one thing he said was so good. 
that it brought about this sermon and this title. He goes to say in his video that he currently doesn't have the time to do his normal strongman training sessions. They have a toddler, a newborn, his wife needs help, and he has pets to take care of and a business to run. He doesn't have the time that he normally would have. He doesn't have an hour. He doesn't have two hours to spend training hard. What he does have, though, is a couple minutes here and there throughout his day. So what he will do is he will use those, he will use those spare minutes. He will take his toddler and his dog out for walks. On the walk, he will find a hill, and he will frog jump up the hill, run back down for about 10 minutes or so, letting his toddler just run around and play. About 10 minutes, you know, just a few minutes, and then he'll go on and continue to walk. He will hold his newborn baby, and he'll just walk around the house doing lunges. And uh, the rocking motion puts the baby to sleep. It's a win-win. Everybody wins in that. He gets his workout. Baby goes to sleep. Everybody's happy. He also set an alarm for every hour. This is hit or miss, of course, because life happens. But for every hour, and when it goes off, he'll stop and do 10 to 20 push-ups. 10 to 20 push-ups at one time is for anybody in fitness, is, is just nothing. But at the end of, let's say, a 16-hour day, 16 times 10 to 20, he has done a lot of push-ups. <laughs> he will also go on midnight runs because that's the only time he has when everyone is finally asleep. He's taking the spare time that he has, and he's using it. When he does manage to find 30 minutes or more during his day that he can actually do something, he will work out with weights in his garage. It's not the weight he would normally use. It's only broken stuff from his gym that's just not worth using there anymore. But he's taking advantage of what he has at the moment, what spare time, what spare items. He's taking advantage of it. After he tells the viewers what he is doing lately, he then explains the reasoning behind it. He compares these little non-glamorous workouts as spare change. Just loose change, spare change. No value by themselves. They may not and certainly are not worth nearly as much as 90 minutes of straight heavy lifting. But he's still putting his spare change in his piggy bank so that when he does have time again someday, because it will come, you're not going to be busy forever, and he knows that. So when his time does come, he's not going to have an empty piggy bank. He will have thousands of push-ups, walks, lunges, other small workouts that kept him in good condition and ready to go back to lifting big things. He may be set back a little bit, but he's going to have a full piggy bank of loose change to help be a nice buffer. And, of course, he would love to always be putting 20s, 10s, 5s, $100 bills, so to speak. But when all he has is that spare change, that spare time, he's going to put it in his piggy bank anyway. He's not going to pout about it. He's not going to see it as it's not worth it. He's going to invest it. One way or another, he's going to fill his piggy bank. And that video was a game changer for me, not for working out but for spiritual things. Because I have had a habit since I was, I don't know, 17 or so, that 
I want to start my day with a quick short prayer and then have an actual prayer time where I'm actually praying for other people, praying for things, you know, in the evening when I'm more awake and focused. And uh, the older I get, the harder it is to wake up. I thought it was going to be the other way. I thought the older I got, the easier it's going to be to wake up early. I've always heard people just wake up at 6 a.m. somehow. I don't know what's going on with them because it is not working for me. So my morning prayers are getting rougher and rougher and rougher. And they're just short. They're just like three lines sometimes. I mean, that's it's all I could do. They're, they're short. They're groggy. I'm grumpy. And that's probably what the prayer sounds like. I, I can't even remember what I prayed. It's, it's terrible. But I'm not going to devalue that anymore. Just because they're not as good or as big as my evening prayers when I am focused. My evening prayers are nice. I would compare them to nice, like, $5, 10 $20 bills. Put that in my piggy bank. That adds up real fast. But those morning prayers, those short little ones that are about a penny, maybe half a penny, I'm still putting those in my piggy bank, and I'm still filling it up. And then even if life happens and I forget to pray in the evening, I still didn't go a day without prayer. How many times are we missing the value of a quick prayer on the go, a quick groggy morning prayer? Because we compare it to like a 30-minute prayer meeting, and so we're just counting the little prayer as insignificant or valueless. If we had the same mindset about spiritual things as Alan Thrall did with his workouts, we wouldn't find ourselves struggling with our relationship with God like we find ourselves doing too often. I've always heard it's, it's not that God is stepping away as you, as you slack. He is. He's rooted, grounded, firm. He is not moving. Your lack, my lack, is pulling me away. But even if, I, even if I'm doing this, and I just take them up, Jesus, help them. It's, one, it's, it's, it's not this. But now I'm a little bit closer to God. And if I just keep doing that throughout the day, suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm right where I need to be. Taking a minute or two, a few times a day to focus on God like those text messages that add up to a full-blown conversation, you're going to find you spent 15, 20, 30, maybe 45 minutes or so spent with God throughout the day. To go back to uh, kind of recap a little bit what the bank article said, piggy banks help keep loose change in one place. The loose change increases in value as more is added. It helps us to keep the mentality of always saving. And it is setting a good example to the next generation. If we are piggy banks to be filled up, this is how we fill ourselves up. This is how we need to be filling ourselves up. With praying. Taking the time to pray. Reading the word. Fasting. Whether it's putting aside a meal, putting aside a video game, putting aside something. For a length of time just to focus on God. Witnessing and sharing our testimonies. Because your testimony is powerful. Even if you're used to what your testimony is and you're kind of desensitized a little bit to it, it's powerful to everybody else. So sharing that testimony, 
being holy, who God is calling us to be. Even if you don't have a specific anointed calling, thus saith God, you will be a prophet to the nations. He still has his word calling us, you will be in your own little home mission field. You will be a witness to win souls. You, God is still calling all of us through his word. And we can be holy, be separate from the world, to be in but not of the world. We can give a Bible study. We go to church. Watch a sermon. Look it up on Facebook, on YouTube. Watch a sermon. Take a second to pray for whoever comes to mind. Some random person comes to your mind. Just take a second to pray for them. It doesn't matter why they came to mind. Just pray for them. Even if it's someone you don't like, pray for them anyway. You know, just if it's, if it's they're there, just pray. Even if it's just Jesus help them. Three words. That's it. That's, that is a prayer. Take a second or take a moment to praise God. Or maybe just a second. To praise God before moving on in your day. Just saying, thank you, Jesus. And moving on. Maybe listen to a worship song. Open your Bible app and read one verse before opening Facebook. You know, if you're on that, I mean, you're already on your phone. Just put Facebook aside for a second. Open the Bible app, read it, go back to Facebook. It takes, what, 10 seconds? Ask God for help before doing something. Maybe you're going to make a big purchase. God help me. Pray. The more we put into our piggy banks, whether it is big things or little bitty loose change, the more we're going to see our relationship with God, grow, with God grow and build. It won't be long before we find adding those pennies of prayers or Bible reading adding up to something of immense value because we start to do it all the time. It becomes a habit. We don't even have to think about it. We just, oh, I just prayed for somebody. And, or, oh, I'm just, oh, man, suddenly I'm just reading the Bible. Like, open it up for one verse and I end up reading a whole chapter. We start growing. And as our lives become more full of God, we become an example to the next generation of how to grow in Christ and how to value investing in their walk with him. I don't think there's anything worse than letting yourself slip away from God all the while little eyes are watching, thinking, so that, that's what a Christian is because they're, they're my example. That's what a Christian is. As they... As you are walking away from God, those little feet are just kind of following after because you're their example. Even if you don't realize it, you have a next generation watching you. We need to show them how to keep adding to the piggy bank, how to keep praising, how to keep worshiping. I don't, I don't want to be here and I don't feel like it. I feel nothing. I'm just going to sing along with a song. Anyway, I'm adding a penny. I feel nothing. I don't feel any value. I'm going to add this penny anyway because I know it is still value. It is our small daily habits that are going to determine all the big things in our life. Someone with the habit of just constantly praying, big prayers, little prayers, just constantly keeping in contact with God. They can rest easy knowing that God is helping them make choices according to his will and purpose. 
I find ever since I made the decision to start praying, way back when, bigger decisions are less stressful. Because I know even if it doesn't work, it's because God's will was done. And that something better is just right there around the corner. When it comes to saving, we should be, a, be trying to save back as much as we can. Putting $100 in a bank will always be better than one nickel. Always. But adding one nickel still adds another five cents to your savings. Being able to pray for a solid hour, reading four, five, ten chapters of the Bible at once, or praying someone through to the Holy Ghost will always be amazing. And I don't know if there's much that can top praying someone through to the Holy Ghost. It is wonderful. It is amazing. But life isn't always going to play nice. We're not always going to be in the mood for it. We're not always going to be feeling like a champ, ready to do the greatest things for God. Most of the time, though, we can offer up a simple, thank you, Jesus. It doesn't even have, you don't have to have all your heartfelt intention behind it. Just, thank you, Jesus. Say that before moving on. We might be able to spend just 60 seconds at an altar. Just one minute, just 60 seconds. Or we can read just one or even half a Bible verse. One single second of being focused on God is another second added to your spiritual piggy bank. And if we keep adding to that, we're going to find countless extra hours we spent with God at the end of the year that we wouldn't have had if we counted our spiritual spare change as not worth taking the time to pick up. You may stand as I start to draw to a close. And our musicians can go ahead and come. I'm going to read Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. He increased his five from five to ten. And likewise, he that had received the two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. He thinks he's doing an okay thing. Because he's not going to lose the one talent. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, well, good, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. 
Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. The one that had a lot, invested a lot, and got a lot. The one that only had two, not a whole lot. He invested what he had, and he had more. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where their house not sown, and gathering where their house not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. To everyone that is investing, to everyone that is taking what the change they have in investing, more will be coming to them. But from him that hath not, so he that is not putting those pennies, so to speak, in his piggy bank, him that is not valuing those small moments. From him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Someday we're going to stand before God. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We will stand before his judgment throne. And we are going to give an account of how we used our time, our talents, and our gifts. Will we be empty-handed? Because we decided pennies weren't worth saving up. They weren't worth investing. We would rather just leave them and not use them. Or do we, are we going to come to him with a full piggy bank full of those nickels, dimes, Paintings, those small moments, the small individual, almost insignificant, but still valuable moments. Are we going to be like the servant that decided his one talent wasn't worth investing? Or are we going to be like the other servants that took advantage of what they had and used it to grow? Let us stop undervaluing the small things we do. But rather, let us just keep filling up our piggy bank. Let's keep making those tiny prayers. Let's keep coming to the altar for 30 to 60 seconds. Let's keep filling our piggy banks with whatever we have. So that when the time comes, we're going to hear him say, well done. Welcome home. Come on in. So tonight, while we have this chance, while we are already here, let's just take a moment to spend with God. Whether you come up to pray, whether you just sing along with the musicians and you worship, let's just add a little more to our piggy bank tonight.
Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.